Hello and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. So, hello folks, and welcome to yet another episode from the Sales Chat Show, saleschatshow.com, driving your sales forward. Uh, We are in the virtual Sales Chat Show studio, recording uh, another episode for you here, folks, as we're still not able to meet up in person, but wanted to make sure we kept the episodes coming for you. And with uh, a lot of people working remotely, virtually, uh, both inside our organizations and outside, uh, and a trend that we are predicting will continue, this episode is entitled, Are Sales Directors Responsible for Monitoring the Mental Health of Their Team? And Phil, you're going to lead the charge on this one for us. Uh, Yes, I'm very happy to do that. And it's an interesting development, isn't it? Because many sales directors will be very used to being caring and supportive and providing the right sort of induction training, the right equipment for the job, uh, making sure that their sales team is working in a safe physical environment, etc, etc. But um, I think you're right. The addition of uh, monitoring mental health of their sales team is probably going to be a feature that we will see more of on the sales director job description. And there's no getting away from it. Mental health as an issue is gaining momentum. We know that it's here big time in society anyway, increases in anxiety. We see that in our teenagers increases in depression. You've mentioned uh, COVID-19 and the virtual world that is that's thrust people into it. It's a very unfamiliar and to some quite stressful world. So I think uh, it's going to be a key part of the sales director's job. So perhaps I could just kick us off with a couple of uh, things that I think a sales director ought to be aware of. And uh, my first one is to just examine what what I am doing as a sales director that might be causing stress further down the line. For example, uh, the language that I'm using. Uh, Is it assertive and supportive or am I prone from time to time to the odd telephone tantrum? Uh, Making sure, for example, that Sales targets, and I have to say that quickly in case Graham butts in. Um, <laughs> we know that. Sales targets are realistic and doable, and do not basically say to people, "Well, you've just round, you've just run round the track in eighty seconds. I'd now like you to run round the track in fifty-five. Um, no, it's got to be a doable, realistic target. Um, I think another key element for me is that. Um, sales directors ought to be looking for changes in the behavior of their sales team members. And the reason why I say that is that, as we all know, stress can affect people in different ways. Somebody 
suffering from a stressful issue might become more animated. Uh, a colleague in the same sales team might become quiet. Yeah. Uh, one person might uh, might uh, start to eat more. Somebody else might eat less and lose weight. So trying to go down the route of look for this and look for that is potentially quite dangerous. I think it's about spotting changes in behavior, changes in appearance, changes in the normal sorts of habits that one would be used to. Um, and the other thing I would just add is that there's been a lot of research done on the type of people most likely to suffer from breakdowns. And contrary to popular belief, belief, it's not, quote, weaker members of the team, unquote, uh, who might be perceived as a little bit brittle. Uh, the people most prone to a nervous breakdown are the strong people. Mm -hmm. And it affects them more because they genuinely believe they can cope with it. They have an inability to turn it off. They thrive on it up to a point until it all goes horribly wrong and the vase shatters and they are never the same again. So as a sales director, um, don't just look for what you might call the vulnerable members of the team that you are familiar with. Also be very careful not to dismiss stronger members of the team who appear to be taking it well, but underneath that uh, exterior might be uh, might be struggling quite badly um simon i know you were, go you were going to uh, mention a couple of points next i think weren't you yeah yeah certainly i mean uh, as a general thing i mean i think it's uh, it's been very important that that uh, mental health issues for example the challenges have lost the stigma that they used to have or maybe should i say are losing the stigma they used to have i'm certainly remember a you know, a family member of mine telling me that people historically used to be off work with a bad back, which was the euphemism they used to use when they, you know, when people are having mental health challenges. So thankfully, this is now being being discussed more openly. I think in terms of the conversation around sales targets, which is an explicit topic we'll avoid, but I'm, I use a, a model when I'm working with sales leaders and it has two axes on it. Um, it has on a horizontal, it has... Um, low levels of support to high levels of support and on the on the vertical it has low levels of challenge to high levels of challenge giving you four kind of quadrants so uh <clears throat> low challenge low support apathetic environment not a great place um low levels of challenge high levels of support high comfort seems like a great place to work but it's probably not going to be a you know it's going to be sustainable um higher higher challenge high appropriate levels of challenge and support you get a high performance environment because there is the negative distress and the there is also the positive stress, and that's kind of like a more positive challenging stimulating environment but obviously what we must avoid is high challenge and low support which is a high stress environment so i think the the environment the culture you create as a sales leader i think you need to be sensitive and give some some thought to um and in addition um I'm, i've got in front of me on my screen um a summary of a report from the united nations international labor organization 
um, that found that this is this is and the the report is called Working Anytime Anywhere: The Effects of the World of Work on the World of Work of People Working Flexibly Remotely. Now, obviously, with the COVID situation, we've got people working from home, you know, sort of on a permanent, ongoing basis at the moment. Um, so while employees can be more productive when they work outside of a conventional office, some of the warnings from the research, they're more vulnerable to working longer hours. They work at a more intense pace of work. There's obviously work-home interference, very importantly, looking after children, et cetera, those sorts of issues as, as examples. And in some cases, greater stress and also things like feeling out of the loop, loneliness, has struggling sometimes to maintain health and motivation. So I think if you're managing teams that are in that situation, we've you've got to be keeping an even more closer eye on them and looking out for those, you know, build your awareness of the warning signs and of course remembering not to overstep your boundaries and that making sure that you are referring people who need help to people who are properly qualified to to provide that help. We can be a compassionate, caring, helpful person but we're not doctors we shouldn't be overstepping our bounds i mean that's uh, just an important thing just on that point um i can remember reading somewhere that organizations that uh, invite their people to go to a confidential counseling service or, or counselor um the uptake is five percent of the workforce inside the first three months that that is set up wow okay. which is quite a high number when you think about it um and of course others will then follow when they hear that it's a safe and effective place to go but the the very quick uptake five percent of the workforce that 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 can't be ignored by uh, by any sales director or, or chief yeah. executive yeah definitely and of course yeah, i think it should go without saying but let me say it anyway the number one responsibility of any leader is the health and well-being of the and safety of their people first and foremost before anything and everything else and people working from home rather than the office does not absolve you of that primary responsibility in any way as, as i'm sure no no decent leader would uh, would would think so anyway so well we, uh, we've successfully stifled graham on the target history we better let him have a word now yeah yeah it's, it's it, it, we can't we can't contain him any longer phil he's good he's coming he's coming i was gonna mention targets but actually <laughs> in more of a sense about they are part of what sales directors expect of people. So it's not just sales targets. Some sales directors expect everybody to be at work at, you know, eight in the morning or whatever it is. And actually, I would, so it's about the, the pressure of expectation is more of a problem than the, than the specifics of a sales target. And, it, and you have to look at the theory of all this. And when you, when you think about why do sales directors behave the way they do, that's largely because sales directors have always behaved that way. Why do you set up a sales team in the way it's set up? Because largely that's the way it's always been done. And actually, I like to challenge things on a sense of just because it's always been done that way doesn't mean it's the right way to do it. And so if you think about what's happened with COVID, we're having to rethink about the way we do things and the way things are done. And if you think about why does everybody work nine to five? 
Well, because we've always worked nine to five. Why do factories work from eight till four? Because they've always worked from eight till four. There is absolutely no real reason for doing it. You know, why do we have long summer holidays? Yeah, you might not realise it, but we have long summer holidays so the children can do the harvest. Um, and that's why we had them. Um, and so there's no real reason for children to have terms, for us to have long summer holidays. There's lots of things in society that happen simply because they've always happened. So we expect people to come to work nine to five because we've always done that. Well, now they're at home. So why do they have to work nine to five? What's prevented? One of the reasons they work nine to five is partly because the transport system is geared up to everybody working nine to five. Well, if they're not traveling anywhere, there's nothing preventing them from working from six in the evening to two in the morning. Does it matter? Yeah. And so one of the things that I think sales directors need to really think about is how do I get the best out of my team that makes their mental health as well as it can be? Because obviously there are other pressures than work that happen to people. So we can't be responsible for the things that happen outside work. But all of the things we do in work, why are we putting them on pressure to work nine to five when they may be better working at entirely different hours? They're only working the hours we've set them because it's in their contract. Why it's in their contract? Because, well, because it's always in the contract and HR never bother to change the times and so simple things simple theoretical things why are we running the way we're running i think businesses need to challenge themselves now and i think the whole lockdown thing is beginning to get people to challenge themselves and in when you look at that challenge you can actually organize things in a much better way for people's mental health yeah. at the moment a lot of mental health is around the expectations of tradition rather than looking after people and so i think we can look after people by rearranging the way we work because we now have been forced to rearrange the way we work yeah i mean providing providing salespeople are intelligently planning their time and making the right sort of connections and contact with customers it, it other than you know they have to maintain a certain you know certain level of contact etc um in order to do their job it's just mad to be traveling at the same time as everyone else commuting into the office. You know, it would just be really bad use of say a prime sales time to be in traffic when you could be, you know, starting earlier, finishing earlier, starting later, you know, and, and, and working work. And I think we should point out on behalf of our, um, our legal advisors that when Graham is saying children do the harvest in, in no way are we advocates of that at the sales chat show. That was a, that was a historical reference. And indeed, Mr. Jessen is a, is a, is a, uh, works hard. Do you not, sir, in, in, uh, educating people's awareness about the, uh, the sort of horrors of uh, modern day slavery, which is yeah. far as Phil will be able to tell you is far more commonplace than uh, we would probably uh, like to realize. Yes, I've made a note to have a word with Graham later. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was part of a business that had a philosophy of zero based budgeting to Graham's point. Whereas, you know, normally to, to, to exactly in line with what Graham was saying, normally next year's budget starts by looking at this year's budget, whereas zero-based budgeting, in my very limited understanding, is you wipe the slate clean yeah. and you and you start again. So maybe we ought to zero-base 
sales workloads, how people are working, and what and what works. And anyway, anyway, to a certain degree, I don't I don't think a lot of sales directors listening to this are going to have a whole lot of choice because the world is the world's changing, and people are going to be demanding this this way of working so they can achieve a better quality of. I know work-life balance is maybe a little bit of an old old phrase now, but you know that they can they can look after themselves. Um, I was introduced to a concept um, by a speaker friend of mine a few years ago that he he referred to as proper selfishness, and it, the concept was that you know if you are a sales director or sales leader you do need to be looking after yourself and your own personal physical mental well-being as well because you can only be of best service and support to your people if you're in a in a good place yourself so that would include looking after yourself and i think there's an opportunity to explicitly demonstrate and talk about those sort of behaviors yourself in a way of encouraging and maybe in some cultures giving people permission for example, to go to their, their son or daughter's assembly at school or to take some time out to, to do some other, some other, go to the gym or go for a run or, or whatever it is. We're not managing by hours. We're managing by outputs. But, or, yeah, or that, that proper even, selfishness. Or, or even go to talk to a, a coach in confidence. <laughs> Hundred percent, absolutely, hundred percent. So I think you know if you if you talk about what you're doing yourself, sometimes that sort of just raises that awareness, and you're you're acting as a good, healthy role model for the topic. Yeah, I think I think it's important that, as you say, sales directors set a good example of taking time off from work. One of the things of working from home is that people are encouraged by themselves to do more work because the work is always there. So they end up overworking and not taking enough time off and that affects their mental health. So I think one of the things sales directors can do is simple things like on their Twitter account or social media that they share with their work colleagues is to show them doing family things. Uh, and a lot of business people kind of try and separate the two. Well, actually, you can't separate the two because if you're saying, I put all my family stuff on Facebook and all my business stuff on LinkedIn, if I know your name on LinkedIn, I can find you on Facebook. So it's not really difficult to see uh, what you're doing in your personal time. But So I would deliberately share that with people. Things like your out-of-hours office notice. So if you've taken, if you have taken time off to go to your... Uh, to do something with your children, then say that on your out of hours oh. so that when somebody else tries to email you or contact you instead of it saying i 'm not available between these two you know these two hours say i 'm not available because I am with my children for these two hours yes. so that there's a kind of constant subconscious signal to people that you are taking a break from work to spend time on yourself, and then they will get permission to do the same themselves as a result of that. Yeah, that's that's a brilliant that's a brilliant uh, brilliant way to uh, to kind of set that. I hadn't thought of using the out of office. That's a great that's a great thought actually. You know, I'm and also um, you know it is things like what's the expectation in your culture of of how you should respond. For example, when you're on vacation or you're on are you on holiday? I know I know some people will say that they prefer to check their email when they're on vacation. That's we should. I don't think we should you know make any blanket choices for people however i think we're probably going back to expectations to, to graham's what is the expectation is <clears throat> you're on holiday i'm expecting you to be on holiday i'm not expecting you to be at work 
then if people want to check from time to time, that's up to them. I would encourage them not to personally, but I, I, I don't, I can't be in the position of advising. But what's the cultural expectation? Are you expected to be that? Okay, if there's a chronic emergency, maybe. But then let's define what we mean by an emergency. <laughs> what what actually is is justifiable? I, I've, uh, we, I think we all know that that sales is not a nine to five operation, uh, but let's call it eight to six just for the sake of argument and uh, give our sales directors a little bit of leeway on that. But um, sadly, uh, one of my clients' sales director, uh, he insists on speaking to people at half past six in the morning, and he's still sending them texts and emails at 10.30 in the evening, and he expects their mobile phones to be on. Now, um, that, in my book, is completely out of order on so many different counts, but let's just uh, keep it confined to the one that we're talking about. That is not good for mental health, and there is no need for it whatsoever. More importantly, it's not good for his mental health, and in fact that that person is more likely to suffer from problems uh, than they realise. Yeah, good point. And I'm not, I've just, you've got to question this, you know, when you look at it, like you say, it's wrong on so many levels. What exactly is expected to happen between 10.30pm to the email? If Let's say somebody's looking after someone in the same time zone as them. <laughs> what is a UK or US-based salesperson dealing with a US-UK-based customer supposed to do with an email at 10.30 at night? uh the 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 in the in the in the small hours of the late night and small hours of the morning it's just i think it's a lack of discipline on that person's part about thinking about their communication as a leader personally and i you know and and also i would predict that organization or that part of the organization will have uh talent retention issues yeah i'm gonna say that i for anybody working for that person i've got a bit of advice Find another job. Find another job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because because that's uh, that's uh, I'd, I'd I would and I my hunch is the sales disciplines like managing the pipeline and the forecast and all those sort of things. I bet they're probably quite ragged because if they're in place and disciplined and being well run, you don't have all of that. You don't have the need for all that sort of stuff. So um, yeah, not couple, not, couple not, other, not good. Couple of other things I'd just like to add, if I may. Um, I think it's worth pointing out that um, sales directors can cover wellness at some of their face-to-face and Zoom meetings by introducing some wellness speakers to talk about the topic for an hour. And, of course, people learn what they need to learn, and one member of the sales team will take away some tips on relaxation Somebody else will take away some tips on improving their sleep patterns. Somebody else will, of course, take away some uh, physical health tips, maybe around exercise or diet or drinking or whatever. But without rubbing it in or making a big thing of it, introducing a wellness speaker into the mix at sales meetings and conferences is one very good way of doing it, I think. Um, and, and another model that I, I, I've seen very recently, actually, is to think of health and well wellness as a table with four legs. 
uh, and the four legs of physical, mental, emotional and spiritual. And of course, if one of those legs is shorter than t'others, then the tennis ball on the tabletop will roll off or the glass vase on the tabletop will roll off. So the one liner here for any sales director listening to us today is make sure you keep your table stable. Uh, make, <laughs> sure, make sure you keep their tables stable. I thought you were going to say only employ people with four legs. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I I ought to point out as we as we sort of conclude this that the episode we're referring to ongoing about sales targets is is Graham um, arguing that sales targets should be scrapped. So uh, please please find that episode in our our back catalogue. Uh, I wasn't arguing. I was just merely pointing out a fact. Sorry, I, I, you were putting forward an argument. I should say it, it degenerated into a bit of an argument. It has to be said, but that is uh, that is uh, it's also not. So, thank you, gentlemen. That that's been uh, obviously a highly important topic, and uh, you know we do appreciate it. Can be quite a, a sensitive issue for some people to talk about these sort of things inside organisations, but. Nobody said being a leader was always going to be an easy thing to do, you know. So yeah, it might maybe maybe you may feel a bit uncomfortable about discussing this sort of a topic. Well, um, you just you just got to get on and talk about this because your your number one priority is the is the health, safety, and well being of your people, and uh, you know we want to make sure they're physically 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 well as well as mentally well. And I love the I love the four four legs of the table analogy. I think that's a fantastic way to think about it. Any any closing thoughts, chaps? Uh, no, I, I think I've, I've said my bit there. I, I would just flag up one other issue, if I may. There have been situations where sales directors and chief executives have found themselves in the dock over this health and wellness issue, either at a tribunal uh, or indeed as a result of uh, a case where somebody is suing the organization for uh, their deteriorating health as a result of uh, undue pressures that have been uh, created. So just a point to be aware of, uh, the pendulum is swinging very much in that sort of area. So check out all of the good things you should be doing to avoid some of those bad things that you might find yourself ending up with. Yep. Sobering points. Mr. Jones, anything to add? Just to remind people of that analogy of putting your oxygen mask on first before um, helping people around you. Look after yourself first with your mental health, because if you don't look after yourself, you can't look after your team. Absolutely. 100% couldn't couldn't underline that point anymore. So, folks, thank you for listening in to this episode. We'd like to wish you, obviously, the very best of success in looking after your well-being and that of all of the very important people in your organization. This has been the Sales Chat Show, 160 plus episodes in our back catalogue available from wherever you access or you'll get your podcasts from. And also all of the episodes are uh, available on the saleschatshow.com website. So thank you very much for listening. And until next time, it's been Simon, Phil and Graham for the Sales Chat Show. You 
have been listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And from everyone here at the Sales Chat Show, we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling. (laughs) 